Hi, welcome to Experiment with Joe Kupka. That's me. These super short episodes are designed to bring that injection of encouragement, inspiration, and maybe get you thinking a little bit. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Inspiritment with Joe Kupka. Today I am really excited to have a guest with me, Jess McElveen. Have I said that right? You so have. Well done. Awesome. <laughs> uh, and she is going to bring just a wealth of knowledge and wisdom to share with us. This episode is particularly geared towards parents, but I think it can be, you know, most of us have children in our lives in one shape or another, whether you are teachers or aunts or uncles or grandparents or whatever stage you're in. I think you will get something out of this. So to start with Jess, would you like to introduce yourself, tell people who you are, where you are, all of those good things? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Hi, everyone. I am Jessica McElveen. I am a family relationship specialist and I'm based in Brisbane. I, I work with parents. Um, and I, you know, I work with parents who really want to bring that calm and connection back to their homes. Um, and they really, they've been missing the harmony. They've been missing the harmony because they're overwhelmed with what, um, what they're being told is normal and not normal. So they're really just seeking to understand now more than judge. The understanding is becoming a priority for them. Um, so I work with parents who want to understand their children instead of constantly judging all of the time based on what the outside world is telling them. So that's that's what I do now. I've had a uh, a beautiful, long-winded roller coaster career in the in the work of families. I've started off as a social worker and then um, worked mainly in child safety and foster care. So a lot of a lot of trauma work. And I, I love the brain. I love neuroscience. I love I love all of that stuff. And then I moved into yoga therapy. I started my first company, uh, Kids Yoga Therapy, working with children with complex needs and those that have experienced trauma. Um, and then from what I saw and learnt within that, I then got into epigenetics and um, and you know how do we rewire our adult brain, you know, so we understand our reactions to children, but not just children, to everybody and everything in our world. Um, it's often the unconscious mind that is, you know, saying, "Yeah, I know you might want this, but guess what? I." I'm not going to give it to you. I'm going to figure out a way to sabotage it just based on what we've what we've grown to believe is true from our really younger years. So, you know, working through that so that adults, parents can really get the lives that they want and, and feel more peaceful and feel less overwhelmed. Yeah, that's brilliant. I know that there's so much overwhelm that comes with parenting. I think in this information age, it can almost be too much at times. <laughs> like oh, yeah. I can remember when I was still pregnant with my daughter and just trying to research, okay, what's the best way to approach sleep or what's the best way to, and just the overwhelm with the mm. amount of information and strategies. And this person says, this is hundred percent mm. the way to go. And this person says hundred percent this way to go. And it gets so confusing. Uh, and I know for myself, it took a long time to try and figure out, okay, what's going to be the approach for, us 
and that changed yeah. after she was born and we met this unique little person who came with her own unique way of doing things and her own unique way of being in the world. Um, mm. So can you talk a little bit more about that, that kind of how we get back to that place of intuition and, and trusting mm. our gut when it comes to our kids? Mm. Yeah, it's a really great question and such a common one that parents get to and anyone gets to, to be honest with you, because we it's it's never a lack of information that prevents us from achieving what we want. It's just not. Um, so, you know, the parents that I work with, you know, we've got, okay, we've got Google, we've got OTs, we've got speeches, we've got social workers, we've got um, books, we've got podcasts, we've got social media, we've got all these societal expectations and norms, we've got so many theories, we've got psych theories, we've got science, we've got, you know, there is an abundance of opinions out there and an abundance of research. And from my perspective, when I work with parents, when you learn from every avenue, you realise well, there is no right and wrong here. That's what you realise. When you've got a medical system that claims one thing, you've got a science system that claims another, you've got many other worlds, right, that claim to know what's right and wrong for children at two years old, for children at three years old, male or female, boy or girl, or what behaviours are normal at this age and not normal at this age, when you've got so many opinions and research going either way, you start to think something's not right here. Yeah. You know, something, what's what's missing here? Why are we trying to, and I get it, right? This is part of the human experience, having a human brain. We want to try and make sense of everything. So that's the first thing to get, that it's totally normal to want to do it, okay? Your brain <laughs> wants to make sense of things. It feels safe when we can throw things in a box of understanding, okay? So it's normal and you're not doing anything wrong. But there comes a point when, when you look at the overarching amount of information we've got, what's the common denominator here? What is the key thing that makes all the difference? It's not what the books say when you talk to, when you're in therapy, when you're, when I'm coaching clients, when you're in rooms of hundreds and hundreds of adults, the key thing that it comes back to every time is the parent-child relationship and were you accepted and were you not for who you are? Were you seen for who you are or were you not? Were you understood for who you truly are or were you not? So this is where a parent's intuition and just being totally present with your child or children is critical to the well-being and mental health and happiness and joy and thriving of children. It comes back to the parent-child relationship every time, every time. So that can only be achieved when you ignore the outside world, when you ignore the expectations of others, because things get missed when you're constantly thinking about what they should be doing or who they should be. Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's, my, that's my advice. And that's what I see a lot with so many families and parents I work with. As soon as they come back to self, everything shifts in their homes everything. Their children start to calm and feel relaxed. The children start to love themselves a little more and connect deeply with their parents. And that's what parents want, of course, right? Yeah. So that's, that's what I see a lot. 
Yeah, great. Just wanted to interrupt for a moment to let you know that there is a self-leadership quiz on my website that is designed for you to figure out where are you on this journey. It's never a one and done sort of destination with self-leadership. We are all on a journey and taking steps forward. This quiz helps you to identify what stage of the journey you are at and gives you a guide of some further resources that may be helpful for you in taking your next steps. You can check that out on my website, joekirkker.com. That's J-O-K-O-E-P-K-E.com slash quiz. So what, what is your best advice to parents? Like where do you suggest they start in this process of kind of figuring out themselves, figuring out their kids and, and developing that relationship? Yeah. So apart from identifying where all of your expectations are coming from, so that's the first thing is, okay, why am I getting so irritated with this one thing with my child? Or why do I want to change that one thing about my child or two things? The first thing that I would recommend is taking a step back and just reflecting to see where that need or desire is coming from. Is it from your own childhood and how you were parented? Do your parents say that this is wrong? Did your parents you know, lead you to believe that that particular behaviour is wrong and that children should be this and should not be that. So it's this unconscious pattern playing out. Is it something that you read in social media? Is it a comment that a friend made about your child and now you're paranoid about it, right? Where is it coming from? Awareness is key. If we're not aware, the, the patterns will continue playing out. So start reflecting and start getting critical. If, if you're not willing to get critical about your beliefs, you're missing out on a huge opportunity, a huge opportunity to, I guess, expand, expand your view of everything in your world. So if there's something you're not achieving or seeing or results you're achieving in your family, are you being really critical? Are you critically thinking about what you're doing, what you're seeing, how you think? So start reflecting and getting really critical about where your views are coming from. And then I also love, actually, there's two more things probably. So the next one, and I love what you've shared, Joe, about getting curious. And I often... Um, when I was working inside homes and with children one-on-one, -on -one, okay, when you've got children that are terrified of being in their bodies and adults as well, right? We have anxiety and we have depression and we have panic attacks and we have, we have all of this going on in our bodies so often. And when we have scared little bodies and scared bodies, we, we're afraid we go into fear mode and we're not getting curious about it. So curiosity will reduce the fear. Curiosity will allow you to alter the relationship you have with those sensations that you have with that trigger, that you have with that reaction or that person. Curiosity will allow you to open up and see something you didn't see before. 
So curiosity is such a powerful mindset to have. It's powerful. If you don't have curiosity, then you are seeing 10% of the world. You are seeing 10% of possibilities around you because we are humans that don't have full access to our minds until we become conscious beings and curiosity allows us to get there. And the other thing as well is that parents aren't allowing themselves space to even get into these mindsets, right? I've just finished a four-day retreat for mums. These, I mean, it's the same pattern over and over again. They're not allowing themselves space or time to even question things, to fill their cup, to, you know, nourish themselves, to have space to think, oh, wow, you know, my stress has been so high right now. My reactions have been this. My cup is full now. I actually think that I have a clearer understanding of why that's been happening for me or what my child is trying to communicate to me. So there's this overwhelming amount of guilt for parents to leave their children, to go take time for themselves. And often what I have to work through with parents is guilt's never going away. It's not going away. So be aware that guilt is there. But also know that the power in taking time for yourself far exceeds you staying at home and staying in the same mindset of constriction, limitation, fear, anxiety, stress, right? If you don't take that space, your children are feeling it. Yeah. Your children know. And I'm always telling parents that when you're okay, your children are okay. That is, do not discount the power in you being healthy and fulfilled and taking that time for yourself. They want you to be happy. They're desperate for it. So please take that space for yourself to really tap into your own intuition. Space is required. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know that certainly in my own parenting journey, if I am not in a healthy headspace myself, there's no way I can be a calm place that my daughter needs me to be. It's just, it's not possible. Um, so yes, absolutely. Leading ourselves well, making sure that we are taking time for ourselves, maybe even dealing with our own trauma and things that have happened in our own lives so that we can help our children and those absolutely. around us. Absolutely. So that's, yeah, that is brilliant. That is brilliant. Um, I want to come back. So you mentioned epigenetics before and I know a little bit about it but I'm sure there's a lot of people going what's that <laughs> uh, would you mind just yeah. explain a little bit about epigenetics and, and how it kind of feeds into all of this yeah so we now know Joe, that you know when we have us okay we have five to ten percent of gen our genes okay now the rest that's 90 to 95 percent of us so is our epigenetics Okay, so our epigenetics informs far more than we ever knew. And we know this now probably in the last 10 to 15 years. Um, so what we know is that, um, you know, there are dominant hormones in our body. Each of us has a particular hormone that's dominant. Now, this is decided and starts in utero, okay, when we're in our mum's wombs. Now, what this means is huge. When that dominant hormone is decided upon, that dictates which organs are the strongest and therefore which ones don't develop as quickly or as strong. So, for example, some don't have a strong digestive system, but their brain is the most powerful organ or their muscles are the most powerful organ 
in their body. What this then means is that this dictates their needs as well right so if our strongest organ is our brain then right we are we're the thinkers and what this also means is that this then means that emotions are a little bit challenging for these people because when we've got hits of dopamine coming through this is a dominant hormone for these types is that this is actually cutting off emotions connection to emotions so we're more driven by purpose and tasks and you know when we can understand where parents and children sit epigenetically so which blueprint they have there's six okay there's six dominant hormones you can have then this allows parents to understand how their children can be different how their brains think differently what needs they have that are totally different to them and vice versa and the magic that it can change within couples too within husbands wives and partners in terms of communication so there are some communication styles where it's purely based on logic and then there are some communication styles that are purely based on feeling. Now, if you've got either one of those in one of those relationships, then there's always a mismatch. There's always this sense of I'm not being heard, I'm not being understood. So we have in each of those blueprints, we have six priority needs and they're all different for each of those blueprints. So when, we, when we're out of balance, when we're stressed, when our children, the, the meltdowns are extreme or they're, they're irritated, they're irritable, they're not happy, they're feeling lack, or they're just something's not okay, then we get to understand them from a biological perspective. What's missing? What do we need to include in their days now? Um, so what's to get them back into balance. This informs their learning style. It informs, you know, their social environments. What do they thrive in? What overwhelms them? Uh, does it energize them? Does it take energy away? Because often, you know, you've got those little kids that are deemed the shy children. And what if actually their, their epigenetic type, their hormone is vasopressin and they're in fight flight mode constantly which means if they don't have alone time and if they don't have time at the back of the room sussing people out then they will experience extreme anxiety see these bodies know what they need but we don't trust it we don't trust it so we get and, and again we come back to the expectations and norms of the outside world right and you've got children in the classroom that their teachers don't really understand their needs most of the time. They're not taught each of these behaviours. They're not taught what children require emotionally, behaviourally, psychologically, physically. They're not. So this information just allows us to get what their individual needs are. And it's coming from an empowering perspective rather than disempowering. So what are the strengths within it? Yeah. Um, and it just allows for huge understanding and acceptance between yeah. these relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And it gives you such a different perception. Uh, I, I talk a lot about that in, in my sort of circles of the way we mm. are viewing things completely changes how we respond, how we react, mm. what we're willing to do even. Uh, you know, if you're just seeing this behaviour as naughty or, you mm. know, manipulative even, I hear that one a lot. They're just trying to manipulate oh, you that to get word. what they want. I'm like, oh, <laughs> It shivers down my spine, that word. Yeah. 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 They're you. trying to communicate. They're trying to get what they need. So even just having that different lens of how we're viewing their behavior and seeing it mm. as, oh, this is what they need, this unique mm. person with their own strengths and gifts and ways of being in this world, this is mm. what they need. Uh, and the same for ourselves. Mm. I think it can help us be a bit kinder to ourselves as well. 
like without a doubt <laughs> you know when, yeah. when I sort of figured a lot of those things out for myself a lot more I went oh it's actually okay that I'm getting overwhelmed in this group of people right now it's actually okay I just need to take a step back for a few minutes give myself some space mm. and then I'm okay again uh, so yeah so so powerful I'm mm. curious about what yeah. drew you like you mentioned a little bit about your your journey and the different things that you've uh, gone through in your sort of career but what drew you really to kind of dig into this and uh, mm. take it further and work with parents yeah so you know I I was a child of a very uncertain environment um, you know my early years were really happy and and they're the years I don't remember okay which which shows me they're the they were the great years um, now that I understand how memories work and the brain operates I know that they were the great years now, unfortunately, you know, my, my dad had his struggles and he then, he needed to escape from his own demons and emotions and he wasn't comfortable in his body. And so he seeked, it was gambling first and then it turned to alcoholism and then it, it turned, um, so obviously mum and dad separated and there was a whole heap of just uncertainty I did not feel safe in my environment my mum was also depressed as a result my mum was in fight flight mode constantly there was no joy for her she was just depressed and trying to keep food on the table for us and my dad being an alcoholic then me as the eldest child I you know as as a lot of kids often do you hop into rescue mode and all then I was to do was to save my parents because I just wanted them to be okay. I wanted them to be okay because when they were, I was too. So, you know, when when dad would phone and he was suicidal, you know, they're not the conversations that any child wants to have with their parent, but this was these this was my life on a daily. This is what I was working with and and so that that creates its own impact, huge impacts for me. Yeah. Monstrous. Um and you know, it led to an unhealthy relationship for me. And, you know, I needed to learn out of that. But what I got was, and it was unconscious at the time, of course, but this real need to help children, this real desire to help children feel safe in their home. That's really where my, my desire to become a social work, that's where it came from. And I became more and more conscious of why throughout the years. And, realized why I was doing it and and then that meant I had to go on my own healing journey and I have over the last seven years that's what I've done and what that's led to then is such appreciation and understanding of how important the parent-child relationship is for the well-being and and innately the joy we feel in our lives as adults mm. um, and we're never going to get it perfect ever not a chance in this world. That's not what I'm saying. Um, even if my dad wasn't an alcoholic, there would have been something else that I wouldn't have been happy about. So I want to make that really clear. This is not yeah. about being a perfect parent at all. And actually parents to be open that children are going to, your kids are going to find something that you've done or didn't do to be hurtful or annoying or, you know, scarring for lack of a better word for them. That's just what happens. And from from that I knew that I just I needed to work with parents because I just felt like I got it I I just I just really always understood and saw what children required because I'd been there I was a desperate child myself and 
I'm not saying I'm like every child on this planet or like every human on this planet. I'm not. We're all different. But I just had this innate ability to connect the dots of behaviours and needs. I really did. And, you know, through me not having my children yet, I don't have children yet, but I find that through my experiences as, as a child and what I've learnt and all of the families I've worked with, it leads me to an understanding of objectivity rather than being, you know, being really emotionally invested in it because me having the ability to be objective allows clarity for people and parents actually because they are emotionally invested and praise the Lord that they are, right, that's great, (laughs) but it's also the thing that gets us stuck as well. So um, I just know with all of my being that I meant to work with parents, where else would I want to support, help, create, you know, happy people. It's it's all about families. It's all about children. This is, you know, why we're here. It's definitely why I'm here. I've always believed that. Yeah, that's that's so good. I love that you can take your experiences and find the meaning and the hope out of that mm. that then can invest into other people. Um, and thank you for sort of reinforcing that it's not about perfect parents because, you know, <laughs> we can all put so much guilt on ourselves around that for sure and we're never going to get it all right but we can only do the best that we can at that moment Uh, and you're right when you're in it every day and you're kind of in that pit and in survival mode of we've just got to get through this day having that external voice that can just kind of go have you thought about it this way have you let, let's just look at this, let's take a step back, can be so helpful uh, in that process as well. I know I have valued that in uh, my mm. own life from different professionals and different people around yeah. me, just helping to kind of get, oh, yes, <laughs> there is a different way of looking at this right now. There is a different yeah. way of exploring this. So that's that's so beneficial. Mm. Uh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Is there anything else that's sort of burning on your heart that you absolutely want to share uh, with parents listening? Yeah, probably two things. And I've, I've mentioned it in passing throughout our conversation. And it really is a lot of the time you, you don't show any compassion towards yourself whatsoever. Um, and this builds and builds and builds like a volcano inside your body, inside your soul, inside your mind. It really does build. And so my my suggestion to you all is to start showing yourself some more compassion. You know, I was speaking to a mum on the weekend and the oh, the words of criticism that was her internal dialogue was absolutely heartbreaking. And to challenge her to see herself through eyes of compassion was a real challenge for her. That's not something she's ever done before. It's not something that has ever been suggested to her. And the second that you mention that, she's in tears, right? Because to to look at herself through loving eyes or compassion, it you know, it filters through your body like a feeling. Um, and and the other thing that I would really suggest, you know, in understanding how the brain operates, our perception is our reality. Mm. I just, I just want to say that mm. again. Our perception is 
our reality. If you don't like the reality that you see within your home, seek a new perception. Yeah. Now this could be, this can mean many different things. This can mean surrounding yourself with brand new people to challenge your norms and ideas and philosophies. Okay. Because then you get a new perception. This could be listening to a podcast around parenting from somebody that you hate or disagree with, right? Because, yeah. because well, I, you know, I'm always listening to people that I don't like because it's triggering me. So why is it triggering me? Let's get a little bit critical. There might be something that, you know, filters through. It's a learning. Um, also, however you've been describing your world or describing your children, if, if there has been a diagnosis, if there has been a label, if there's a label that the school teacher puts on them, disruptive, noisy, naughty, um, ADHD, the parents are like, they're a slow learner, there's learning disabilities. It doesn't matter what the label is. Your perception is your reality. Then this perception becomes theirs. And guess what their reality is? That exact label, that sticks, it stays. So if seek a different perception, experiment, have a play. There's a vast amount of perceptions out there and a lot of them can be empowering instead of limiting. So if you're not getting the results you want in your home or you're not feeling like there's harmony in the home, seek new experiences, new perspectives, a new perception, and you'll be surprised as to to what starts to change in your home and in your life generally. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Such good encouragement. So tell people how they can get in touch with you or find out more about the things that you're doing and, and learn more from you. Yeah, so um, so I run I run eight week programs around epigenetics and run retreats and different programs. So um, all of those are on my website, jessicamacrovine.com, which hopefully by the time this airs, all the edits will be done. It's just under construction at the moment. Um, and of course, I'm all over social media. So jessica.macrovine on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and I have a Facebook group as well if you want to come along and join and have some conversations with us and discuss interesting topics and that's called the Parent Support Collective so come along in there and join and um, yeah it's quite an interesting conversation in there at times. Wonderful I love that and I so appreciate you taking time today to share some of your wisdom and, and knowledge and just help us to start getting curious and explore things a little bit differently in our homes so that our homes can be those places of safety and peace and growth and acceptance that we want them to be. So I so appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Joe. I love that description of a home. That's perfect. But thank you for having me and thank you. Thank you all for having me on here. It's been nice to chat with you. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you want to stay in touch, please look me up on social media, Joe Koepke. That's J-O-K-O-E-P-K-E on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. If you head on over to the website in the show notes, you'll be able to stay in touch via email too. I look forward to hearing from you. Take care.